0: Podcast fam, when Victoria Lou wanted to get a snack at a football game, she left her seat, went to the concession stand, and found a line that stretched throughout the concourse area. She opted not to wait in the line and retreated back to her seat, disappointed. Womp womp. There must be a better way. Of course there was. Her mind couldn't shake the problem, and thus, Bippo and an entrepreneur were born. Hear all about her business, the journey, the pivots, and where she is today in episode 146 of the WHOA GNV Podcast. Enjoy. You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville. Florida. Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast. The podcast for you businesses and individuals that make you go whoa. I am your host, Colin Austin. Please connect with me on Instagram at Colin Austin. That's Colin with two L's C-O-L-L-I-N-A-U-S-T-I-N. Thank you very much. <laughs> You guys, I'm excited to get into today's episode, but before we do, let me thank the people that make all of this happen. You guys, the GNV Commercial Advisors at Collier's Gainesville. If your business has ever bought land, sold property, or negotiated a lease, you know why it's important to have someone in your corner who knows the market and delivers results. That's why you see so many Collier's Gainesville signs all over town, the GNV Commercial Advisory Team of Colliers Gainesville has the most experienced commercial real estate team in the market, along with the access to a global network of industry experts. You guys, with one call, you'll know why so many businesses trust them. Learn more by visiting them on the web at colliers.com/gainesville. And while you're browsing those commercial real estate listings by Colliers Gainesville, be sure to be doing so while enjoying one of the early week specials by our friends at Leonardo's Millhopper. They've got manicotti Monday, lasagna Tuesday, and chicken parm Wednesday. Plus, each order comes with those sultry, scrumptious, and sensational garlic knots. You get all that for ten dollars, you guys. Seriously, where else can you get that kind of meal for ten dollars? Oh, and that lasagna Tuesday has been on fire. Hey James, can we have that, like fire emojis? <laughs> 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 ah, give them a call at 352-376-2001 Or order online at leonardosmillhopper.com You can also use 352delivery.com If you would like to have it delivered Or maybe you'll soon find them on the incredible app We are going to hear about today's show So stay tuned Victoria Yeah Do, do you know Kyle at Leonardo's Millhopper? I don't man we're gonna have to change that you guys maybe after this episode we'll change that okay Kyle's a great guy leonardo's millhopper you guys again that's leonardo's millhopper.com call them at 352-376-2001 and you guys please support all the incredible sponsors that make this show happen uh, you can find every single one of them at WHOAGNV.com slash sponsors I also wanted to let everyone know that the Community Foundation of North Central Florida is putting a twist on our community's sixth giving day by introducing The Amazing Give Workday Edition. This 12-hour online event is 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Thursday, April 22nd. The Amazing Give is an opportunity for us to rally together and give back to the organizations in our community. Whatever your passion, be health, human services, arts, education, animals, or more, this is the time for your gift to have the greatest impact. Go to theAmazingGive.org to find your favorite nonprofits and donate. Again, that event is going to be 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Thursday, April 22nd, TheAmazingGive.org. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Let's get into the show, you guys. I am so excited for today. Today on the show, we have Victoria Liu, founder of the company Bippo, where hippos get together and chomp the line. I have no idea what that means, but I'm excited to find out. Victoria.
1: (laughs) Long time no see. Long time no see. It's been almost two years.
0: I know, it's crazy. It goes by so fast. Yeah. I mean, a year of it's been pandemic life, but... You know, it's like everybody was huddled away. <laughs> but thanks for coming in.
1: No, thank you for inviting me, it's you know, a pleasure. I remember when you were just getting started, you were telling me about this, and I was just graduating from my master's program in accounting, and you came into my class, my entrepreneurship course, and you came to speak. I was so inspired by you, I think I ran into you. Uh, oh, uh, stop yes.
0: it, <laughs> you're making me blush, No, stop.
1: I. you were just standing there, the light of, you know, my life. And I was like, oh, I have to go and talk to you. And well, which there class you class was this? Which class was this? Uh, I think it was just called um, Intro to Entrepreneurship. Okay. just some All basic Principles of Entrepreneurship Principles maybe? or something. Okay. Called, yeah. With Alexander Settles as a okay. professor. All right. Cool. Yeah. And... You came in to speak one day as a guest speaker, it was like a, an hour long. You were telling me that you 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 had, you know, struggled in the beginning where you had to like max out all your credit cards paying for <laughs> all this stuff and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's much <laughs> like, how stuff? would it be exactly like this guy? Let me max <laughs> out credit cards. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and then afterwards I think I ran into you at, what was it at a coffee shop or somewhere and I came up to you I'm like, Hey, do you remember me? You're like, No, but okay, hi <laughs> Was it exactly like that? Well, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe yes.
0: So, I mean, so did I have something to do with your entrepreneurial spark? Of like course. getting, getting off the ground? Yes. Yeah. Of so, course. So, well, real quick, what, what is where hippos get together and chomp the line? What is, what does that mean? Well,
1: isn't that pretty self-explanatory?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like.
1: <laughs> okay, so um, there's a lot to explaining that. Well, first of all, <laughs> hippos. Why hippos? Um, a lot of people ask me why I name my company Bippo, and it originates from the idea for when I went to my first football game. I went to the UF versus Kentucky, and. So I don't know anything about sports, by the way. Okay. So I go into this football game not knowing anything. I was pretty bored, uh, and then I was hungry. It was really hot. It was I think September seventh that day. I went to the concession stands and I realized just how long the lines were. Like this is this isn't. I can't I can't wait here. I went back to my seat, and because I didn't know what was going on in the game, I started thinking like far into the distance and thinking who else has this problem that I'm facing, who they're hungry, they're thirsty, they can't get something to eat, they don't want to stand in line, and the people who care and know what's going on in the game, they must really not want to leave the, their seat. <laughs> and a few months later, I was thinking, there must be an app, we can solve this problem, I just didn't do anything for a couple months afterwards and then you came to my class to speak, I think it was October, it was a fall course that you came in to speak at. Um, I think around December was when I was like, I gotta do this, I'm gonna start a business. And um, circling back to chomping the line, (laughs) yeah, it's part of the hippos chomping the line, shortening the line and I pick hippos because I was on Google and I was trying to search what is the deadliest mammal on earth? It's a hippo. So I imagine football players really hefty and strong. Okay. Like, okay, when they're hungry, they must be like a deadly hippo, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's why I came up with a hippo as a logo of the company. And then to make it a little cuter, a baby hippo. So that's why there's a BY and gotcha. then the PPO.
0: Man, that's, that's how companies are born, right there, folks. Right there. That's how the names come, the logos come. That's yeah. cool. So, how often do you go to sporting events where you don't know what the heck's going on?
1: I don't go to sporting <laughs> events. <laughs> I don't. I don't go at all. I mean, everything. Ever since but, that game, I've probably been to two more, and that's it.
0: So this was just for the experience. You just wanted to.
1: Yeah, it? I was okay. graduating from U uh, They're like, you have to go to U uh, football game You've before never you graduate. Been before. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I was not interested. <laughs> But ever since then, you know, it's, it's where I started my company. So,
0: you launched this really before you got your degrees?
1: I did. I incorporated my company in March and I graduated in May. So, it was two months before graduation. I actually. I don't know if you know
0: this, I did the exact same thing.
1: Before you graduated?
0: Yeah. So, New Scooters Plus was founded March of 2004 and I graduated in May of 2004.
1: <gasps> well look at that yeah, oh. yeah. it's a reflection there's a pattern yeah going on here all right cool but yeah um but even before I graduated I had a job secured lined up um I knew exactly kind of my path going on in my life and for a while I kept thinking what should I do should I just pivot after I studied five years to, for this degree to go in an accounting profession, I was actually gonna be an auditor in an accounting firm in Miami. Um, they had great benefits, job security, because I spoke Chinese, they wanted me so bad. When I had told them, hey, I'm not coming, they were actually, they raised my salary. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, because they needed me so bad for my, my Chinese abilities. And they were like, no, we really need you, really need you. I'm like, I'm so sorry, I can't. I'm gonna start my own business.
0: Uh, so you had like something really nice even lined up
1: yes my family all lives in miami a lot of my friends Uh, were there i lived you know i was born and raised in miami okay so the whole plan was get a degree at uf graduate go back all lined up okay and then two two months before graduation i said nope sorry
0: (laughs) (laughs) so all right so I'm really interested to kind of hear like what did the family think when you told them that? Oh. <laughs> I mean, were they like, uh?
1: So, yes. My family was not supportive at all, really? to say the least. I struggled a lot. Um, I don't know if you hear about Chinese households and how they run. Really strict <laughs> and tight. Okay. Um, disobedience is not tolerated. Okay. at all um
0: so it was very much like you're doing this and then yes. you're kind of like so, no I'm not <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. so okay. my sister's a lawyer my oldest sister's a lawyer my middle sister's a doctor I was going to be the accountant it was all planned and I broke their plan mm. um my dad was furious and he probably said the worst things that a father could say to a daughter really to me. yep they they Emotionally did not support me. Financially didn't want to support me. Nothing, nothing. They, they were like the opposite of support. They were putting me down. You're gonna fail. You're gonna do horrible. You don't know anything about doing a business. You're so naive.
0: So what did you do with that?
1: I said okay. And then I went with this Still, <laughs> um, Sometimes I feel like does my- it,
0: Does it still hurt you? I like, wouldn't. I, I, I don't know, like, I can't tell if you're like getting a little emotional talking <laughs> <No>. <laughs> about it or if it's just like...
1: No, I'm so used to it, actually. I don't get too emotional now because I'm so used to it, but in the beginning, it really did. Um, even after I graduated, the whole plan was to move myself back to Miami, right? Get all, like, all my stuff ready to go. I had my lease until August. That's when I, I could pay it till my rent. And they were like, we're going to help you pay until August. After that, you're on your own. Um, It was really hurtful in the beginning because it's almost like your parents are supposed to be there to support you no matter what. They're they're supposed to encourage you to take risks and do things with your life and be kind of behind you, supporting you along the way. But they were the opposite of that. They were telling me that I was not capable and I was like, well, I'm gonna show you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's hard because I mean, our stories reflect each other a lot.
1: Yeah. I don't know if
0: I, I mean, I probably talked about it in the mm-hmm. class.
1: With your bit. dad? Yeah,
0: I mean, but my dad was, you know, like, in. I kind of have to go back and clarify everything now, because, like, I mean, I don't want people to think that my dad was a, a bad guy by any mind. Like, he's my biggest supporter to this very day. Like, my biggest supporter. Like, love him to death. Uh, but, you know, in that time, you know, it's just this natural, it's this natural uh parent mentality of like you just want to protect your kid yeah that's where it comes from right it's like your parents just want to protect you they want they they want what's best for you Um, even if they don't even realize it in the moment that that is what's best for you is for you to have this opportunity to kind of venture off on your own you know my dad he hates that I tell a story I tell it a lot you know he told me when you fail in six months don't come crying to me for money and that was it like I was like the motivational speech of a lifetime, right? And and so, you know, it wasn't until I went back that that Christmas, uh, they were in San Antonio at the time, and I told them I was like, yeah. So he was because he asked, he's like, so how's how's the business going? I'm like, well, you know, we've raised a little bit of money, and it was private loans. It wasn't equity, but um, you know, we like we raised a little bit of an, an private investor loan capital. And this is what we're doing for them, We're making them money, and like and then eventually the conversation was like, "Well, like I want to make money, <laughs> you know, so they ended up becoming one of my biggest investors, uh, but man, it just it was like I had to go out and kind of prove myself, yeah, but knowing that you know, looking back, like I just know that they just wanted to protect me, yeah, right, and yeah. I don't know, it's a, it's a hard place when you're on the receiving end no, as totally the child, agree. right? It's yeah, like...
1: I hold no re- resentment against my parents. I actually, I go back often to Miami still and I say, thank you for those kind words. Because <laughs> it, it actually encouraged me to work even harder to prove them that I knew what I was doing. Um, because... So how long has it been since you started the business? uh i started march 2019 so okay, it's march so 2020 of okay a couple yeah. of years now just just so two years
0: have you been able to get that support back or it's is interesting it very like they're a,
1: like kind of sometimes you're like oh i'm proud of you sometimes you're like mm, we still wish you had done the accounting <laughs> <laughs> like i had brought them to my office um I have an office now the Innovation Hub and I brought both my mom and dad. They came about a month ago and it was really interesting to see their reaction when they walked in. They were like, oh, okay, oh, nice. And then my dad just kind of like circled around and nodded very subtly. (laughs) You're like, what does this mean? (laughs) Is this good, is this bad, I don't know. Yeah, and then it was funny because I have a picture of my dad, my mom and I on the table where I work and my dad kind of spotted that, and he was like, oh, you have a picture of me. And I'm like, yes, dad, because I use you as my source of inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I feel like he was like, oh, don't do this.
0: <laughs> Here, put like little, little like bubbles, you know, like comic bubbles on there <laughs> with the words, you can't do it. You're going to fail." <laughs> like <a paste> it to <laughs> yeah. the picture. That would have really, that would have really got him.
1: I think I got him pretty bad on the phone. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, just because of my Asian upbringing, though, it's very like male-dominated. You've got to listen to your father. You can't disobey your parents' orders. Um, and what I did, and I was the, the last daughter. I was the one that disobeyed all their orders. So it was very difficult for them to take that. But I think I think they're a little bit proud today, though.
0: Good. <laughs> I mean, it's been crazy right two years a year in a pandemic right so so yeah just tell me a little bit about the story like from from startup to you know whatever the ch- initial challenges were and to where you are today
1: well after our coffee meeting um, when i met up with you at the beginning when i started my company I started venturing out looking for developers. So I had this app idea, and I was like, okay, I don't know how to develop an app. I know a little bit of coding, I know a little bit of UX, UI design, how to you know structure and design an app, but I can't do it on my own. So I went straight to the entrepreneurship, <laughs> entrepreneurship center, and I was like, hey, I need to look for a mentor, I need to get to the right people, who do I speak to? And they pointed me to this very nice fellow guy called James Gibson. I'm not sure if you know him. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Um, I don't think so, maybe. He is the CEO, well, he's the founder of Quotely. He's okay. the president of Star now. Okay. I think. Okay. Or no. Wait. No, I have yes.
0: connected. Is
1: he? <laughs> I don't know. They, they, they switch people all the time. I'm not really sure if he's yeah. currently, but.
0: I feel like I know that Aiden stepped down. Yeah, so I think he took over.
1: Yes, okay. Uh, I haven't had
0: the opportunity to to meet him yet, I don't think. Oh, you
1: should. He's like a brilliant computer guy, genius. Awesome. Genius. We'll definitely make that happen. He got four degrees in four years. Wow. Yeah. So, pretty impressive guy.
0: Got one in four years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) um, So, yeah, they pointed me to him because he's a tech guy, Uh, he started his own software company. And so I had a meeting with him. I sat down with him literally at UF at the Entrepreneurship Center, that first floor building on the bottom. And he was like, Victoria, what's your idea? And I just pitched him like right there. And he's like, I could write you a check right now, 15 grand, but you sell me your idea. Tell me what you want to do. Oh, nice. And I was like, okay, oh, this is what I want. This and this and this. I was so nervous. I didn't know like how to go about it. But obviously, he kind of used that as a practice um, to eventually me funding, trying to find funding in the future. Because he says, you know, this is where you start with starting a business. You have to sell your idea. Um, do not go and develop your product without selling your idea and proving your concept. Because when I first went to him, I'm like, I need money, I need this and this. I need to build my app right now. And he says, no, no, no. What you need to do is prove your concept go to your customers, ask them, does this solve the problem? Does having an app at your seat at the stadium solve the problem that when you are watching a football game, you don't have to get up and waste your time at the concession stands. And I did that. I went straight to all the people at the UF Games. I literally stood outside and took like surveys of people walking and like, hey, if there was an app, would you use it? Would you use it? And, well, obviously, there was good responses. Then I went back to him, and I said, like, I got my proof. And then he was like, okay, I've got you a developer. And so he linked me up with a developer who was just freelancing at the time, but now he's my full-time developer. And um, we worked for, I would say, <coughs> four months, and we launched the beta test app of Bippo 1.0 at a softball game. Okay. at the Gator Ball Academy. Are you familiar with that? (laughs) Mm -mm. They're like a junior um, league baseball, private baseball league here in town. They had a small baseball game that night. Oh, softball, baseball, I don't know what the difference is. I don't know sports, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) What's the difference?
0: One's a softball, one's a baseball. (laughs) Very similar.
1: They are okay, In nature, I have yeah. no idea, but okay, <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I love so, it. Uh,
1: it was, um, uh, it was uh, I think August 27th that day when my app launched, and I was sick, I lost my voice, I had a running nose. I still have pictures of this documented where I, I went to the softball game. Softball, I went, I'm gonna just go with softball. <laughs> and, I had tissues like up my nostrils, and I'm like, I have to, I have to try out my app. <laughs> and um, there was this one guy, and I had, a, I took a picture of him s- secretly. <laughs> he, he, he didn't have ca- cash to pay um, for French fries that he wanted to buy for his daughter. And um, one of the concession stand ladies was like, Well, we use Bippo, You can now use. Bippo to buy your french fries nice, so he pulled up his phone and then like started loading the app And I was like oh my gosh. This is my first customer and he was a little bit confused on how to use it, Um, so I I kinda like walked up to him, this random girl, you know, like just just trying to help him order fries, and he put in his credit card information in, and it went through, and when the kitchen in the back, because the vendors usually have an iPad with all the orders coming in, Mm -hmm. when it went through, it made a beep sound, and with the moment, the iPad made the beep sound I was like ecstatic I was like oh my gosh it works they got the fries <laughs> even though the lady was like right there right. you know but it was really re- like re- rewarding to see that something that I created from scratch actually worked
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing
1: yeah it, it, it it's a it's a journey but after that Um, we actually went to a restaurant called Cilantro Tacos Mm -hmm. and I was just trying to order tacos that day. Literally had no intention of even talking to the owner or anything, but he was there that day. Um, I kind of went up to him like, hey, you um, have a great restaurant and I have an app that I'm just developing. Um, a taco menu is so complex, and eventually I'm imagining the concession stands may have com- complex menus. And when I developed a software for different types of restaurants, you had to accommodate for those different menus with different, like, modifiers and toppings. And he said, Well, I would be happy to be your guinea pig and help you try out your app. Nice. And I was like, Well, awesome. So then, ever since then, I started going to their taco place every single week trying out my app there, and then they just started using it, and more and more people started using the app at Cilantro Tacos, then the pandemic hit.
0: Okay, so real quick though, because like the motto was for Stadium.
1: Yes, so but I like, had.
0: So how, what were you doing that? With the restaurants? Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's what I was saying. Basically, I needed to make sure my app worked from the restaurant side, where the the restaurants, when they add in their menus, well, when I say restaurants, basically vendors, because all the vendors at the concession stands are basically mini restaurants, right. food right, vendors. Right, right, right. Gotcha. And they all have their own menus, right? So if you ordered, for example, a hot dog and you wanted pickles, onions, or stuff like that, you had to do that on the app, versus you You know, you know, can't go in front and stand in line. So to make that from the software side for, the restaurants to include that in their menu from Bippo, it was really complicated. I didn't anticipate it to be so complicated, but I had known when I looked at the menu how complicated the taco shop was. Because there was the corn tacos and there was um, these different <laughs> toppings that came with the tacos. There's that, so many yes, different there's these types pro- of taco. Proteins like chicken. Beef, carnitas, all this stuff that you had to add and choose from. Um, and my app was so simple. It was just, you can only order a pizza, like water, Gatorade. I didn't have the complexity. So this is why I went to a restaurant and asked them, can I just have you go on my app, m- make sure the menus were correct right. so that when people go on the app, they can order, for example, a taco correctly. Okay. And this is why they... They accepted to help for free, and I. They didn't have an online ordering system at the time, so for them, they saw it as a win because they were like, "Oh, well, I didn't, you know, I don't have an online website. Um, you guys can help me create one. People can order online. It'll all be free. It's a win-win for both of us." So I was like, "Okay." And then that was around September um, 2019. Then the pandemic hit. February, March 2021. Right. 20. 20 2020. twenty. Twenty twenty. So it was about we were we were testing with cilantro tacos for about four to five months.
0: Okay, so what did this do? Did this open up an opportunity to like help restaurants? I mean, like
1: yeah.
0: Did you become like the online ordering system for cilantro at that point?
1: Yeah, at that point we were rolling out curbside pickup actually. Okay. So at the same time we were working with a taco shop we were trying to work with patty cakes for coffee. So coffee is also very complex. You think about, you have to select milk options, different syrups, different flavors. You know, everybody wants their coffee their own way. How do I make sure that when somebody orders, it's exactly what they wanted? Mm. And so I was working with uh, Wayne from Patty Cakes, Mm -hmm. and he used to be the manager at Chick-fil-A, and we were talking about how just efficient Chick-fil-A's curbside was and we were bouncing off some ideas, and I decided
0: <laughs> I'm just thinking like all the examples, I see all these memes that are like, don't you wish the government was like run by the Chick-fil-A oh, drive through yeah. <laughs> Like all this random stuff, that's what a picture. You're right, like, they have it down so to a science. So efficient, yeah. yeah. It's crazy.
1: So they were thinking about doing something similar at Patty Cakes, you know, in Hale, where they have like, they're in the corner there, have people just drive up, just bam, boom, boom, boom pick up their boom. coffee, leave. Yep, and so we actually incorporated Curbside Pickup on Bippo two weeks before the pandemic hit and everything shut down. Nice. So Patty Cakes was all set for the pandemic. Their business did not change at all because they had my app ready to roll out when the pandemic hit. And okay. at one point I would say they, they said that like 80% of their business was run through the app.
0: Okay, so were you like anticipating like these types of changes within the app? Because it almost seems like the the idea is shifting or molding. Like, will it still be the you know the stadium idea when things come back and it's you know the stadium is full? Or do you, do you kind of see it leaning a completely different direction?
1: That's a cu- good question, and I also, I also asked myself this too. Um, me pivoting to the restaurants was I, I really wanted to help other restaurants. Truly, I think. At the end of the day, I go back to ask myself, why did I start a business? And it's to solve a problem and to help people. And whether it's at a stadium or locally at restaurants, I don't think it makes that much of a big difference for me. Um, do I still think there's a problem at stadiums? Yes. Um, <laughs>
0: like, I want my snack. I don't want to I don't go to the and now
1: concourse that I, and wait
0: in that line. Now long that I know. Uh, and miss this game that I have no idea what's going on. No,
1: I was about to say, now that I know how to watch football games. Oh, okay, so you've learned. Yeah, I've uh, learned, I've learned. <laughs> now that I know, I'm going to be even more, uh, what's the word, impatient. Okay. When I want my pizza, my, my drink. So um, now, with, with uh, COVID, though, now people are even more, you know, cautious, and they don't want to stand in concession stands, and they're limiting the people on the lines. Mm-hmm. So it's even more of a need now that I, you know, th- thinking about it, I I do think, eventually, I would still like to venture out to the stadiums and entertainment um, avenue because if you think about you going to like a Taylor Swift concert. Don't want to miss that yeah, song. Yeah, you don't want to miss your favorite song and jam, you know, with her. You, you got to you gotta stay there. Right. You paid for your $500 ticket. You're not going to go to the, wait for your $5 pizza.
0: Yeah. So what's your, I mean, what's your vision for the, con, like, what's the fee for that? It's like, man, like, this song is going to cost me th- three bucks because I don't want to go, or is it five bucks? Or, like, how much is the, the convenience fee for having the food brought to you versus...
1: It's... Um right now we are um we're on like on a uh, supply and demand. So it's kind of like Uber So it adjusts.
0: Oh, and interesting.
1: Yeah, so it's if it's prime time and everybody wants <laughs> Taylor Swift's <laughs> number one song you're not leaving <laughs> it's got to pay more. <laughs> Can you like adjusts it? it's like
0: it's like the the last 5 minutes of the game and it's tied and you're like, "Oh, convenience <laughs> fee is $25 if you want this Drink brought to you. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I'm just I'm pitching ideas. I'm an entrepreneur, you know. Yeah, I like I like it. The supply and demand.
1: It's supply Uber model. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you made this adjustment to the app, right, to help these businesses do this. Like, how many businesses are using it now?
1: Right now, we're around thirty
0: okay mm-hmm. is it all it's it's only local or we're...
1: no we've expanded to miami and also recently to texas this year like yo dad use my app <laughs> yeah my dad has Yes. <laughs> in miami yeah <laughs> oh, but he great. wished that it had, had chinese on it uh, so we're working on that oh there you go yeah okay where else did you say
0: besides miami texas texas mm-hmm. oh, how did that connection happen
1: it was so bizarre. One day, um, the owner of this bakery shop, um, Yummy Finds—that's what it's called. She she called me and she was saying, "Hey, I saw your app on the San Antonio TV," and I was like, "San Antonio TV? I'm like, well, I didn't do any advertisement." She's like, "Well, I saw your ad on the San Antonio TV. I want to be on it," and I was like, "Well, I'm not currently operating in Texas. You would be the first one." And she just was like, "Well, okay, I'm, I'm on it. You know, I wanna, I wanna get on it." And I was like, "Okay, well, let's, let's do it." And that's, 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 <laughs> that's literally it? that's how it happened. Um, how did
0: did you f- figure out what she saw?
1: No, I Make had no asked idea? her. I had asked her, "How did you even, you know, remember my company's name after you saw it on TV?" And like she a said, "News clip, maybe, or something." Or? I'm not sure. I mean, I was featured on the WCJB news a few times, so maybe it went there. Um, hmm. She just said that it was a free app during the pandemic, helping businesses locally. She was a local bakery shop in, in Victoria, Texas, and she just wanted to be on it. And she, she knew that I was a female startup company, um, and she was she was looking to support me somehow and I was like okay well that's really nice of you I don't know who you are but you're amazing
0: you're like do you want to donate some money to my cause
1: <laughs> <class> here <laughs> well she's been doing great and she's actually in the process she was thinking about expanding her shop to different places in Texas so um, we're looking to help her with our other locations as uh, that's, well that's cool yeah what,
0: what's the, what was the shop
1: yummy fine
0: yummy fine yeah it's a
1: lot of cupcakes in San Antonio. No, it's called, It's in Victoria, Texas. Okay. It's a little town called it Victoria. Was meant to be. I know, I was like, is it because of my name is Victoria?
0: Yeah, like, ah, it's meant to be.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, so, um, and then right now we're thinking of moving to New York, some bigger cities, West Coast. Yeah,
0: how do you manage that? Like, I mean, does it, it seems natural to like focus on one area first and really, Hit a home run, right, with the Gainesville, Gainesville restaurants or whatever, and then expand, uh, or is it just kind of like you get those organic touches from people in Victoria, Texas, and you're like,
1: "All right, let's go." Yeah. Uh, well, I at first I thought it was going to be a challenge just because um, I wanted to be more hands on with my business. I want to meet every single owner very personally, but with the you know with the pandemic and Zoom and everybody being remote. Even if I went to Texas, or even if I went to California or something, they wouldn't even wanna meet me in person now (laughs) because everybody wants to meet on Zoom. Right. So I think with that it helped a little bit just making it easier to expand without me being actually physically being at a place at at the time. And I think because being a software, computer-based company, um, to scale has been very easy. Um, I developed the app with the intention of scaling. And so right now, as we onboarded new restaurants from different places, we don't really have any limitations. I've literally had a client from Saudi Arabia reach out to me with his coffee shop. Interesting. Yeah, I would've would, would have onboarded him except the language. I didn't know how to yeah. <laughs> import his menu correctly. That's but. super
0: interesting. So, I mean, kind of going back to Cilantro tacos and you said what was the other the cupcake?
1: Patty cakes. Oh, patty or cakes. Patty, patty cakes at the coffee shop. Okay, year. the yeah. coffee
0: shop. Patty cakes. I mean, you were you were already in the process of of doing some of these you know curbside menu ordering, right? Mm-hmm. But this was before pandemic. I mean, do you just kind of look at that as like? Man, this was like impeccable timing. <laughs> this is was was. like this was like a lot of luck there or like or maybe it's you know somebody was looking out for you. <laughs> you know like what was the I mean cuz to go from a business that was really built on the foundation of events
1: mm-hmm.
0: to now having this really epic change. Mm-hmm. That was pre-pandemic. I mean, right? Like Did you just start diving more and more and more down that avenue when the pandemic hit?
1: No, um, really I came with the intention of still working with the stadiums regardless of me partnering with these restaurants because I really used them as a tool to make sure my app was ready. So the, the issue that I ran into whenever I went to propose my idea to a stadium, for example I went to the University Athletics Association right here and I was telling them my whole idea um, they loved it. I talked to the guys up there and they love every piece of it, but I did not prove my software worked. So that's why I went to these restaurants and I, t- I asked them, can I make sure the app works at your restaurant? Got it. So it, it gave me better luck and a better chance to prove myself and have more credibility when I went to these huge stadiums that off the bat I would get 30 restaurants, you know, 30 food vendors essentially. So this was really my mission of working with someone like the cilantro taco shop and the coffee shop, where it's very complex menu. If the, the stadiums had less complex menus and I dealt with menus that are way more complicated, I can definitely do it then. And this is my way of trying to, you know, showcase these large stadium companies.
0: Yeah. All right. So now that I don't want to say you know pandemic is coming to a close I'm being very hopeful <laughs> uh but you know it sounds like the University of Florida is going to kind of open up back to full capacity if you will whether or not football is is a thing at full capacity I think that's time will tell right
1: do you think it would be uh
0: I mean my I would like to say yes I would I think that with the um, optimism around the vaccine and a lot of that kind of stuff. I would like to think that by the time we get to September, that we will have ninety thousand people screaming in the stadium. Keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, from what I understand, the University of Alabama has already said that they will. Ooh. So let's follow them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, re- I'm ready. I'm ready. you know, like let's let's go. Let's get this. Let's get this going again. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, do you see that by 2021, 2022, like BIPO being able to, you know, serve customers in the swamp or other stadiums?
1: Well, we're in the process of moving back onto campus. Right now, we're actually working with the UF Dining Services to do a on demand, on campus, just exclusively on campus for the students, a delivery program where students can now meet other students on campus. So this isn't like a networking thing. Students can meet other faculty on campus um, through food. Essentially, they would order on our new app called Bippo Campus. It's like Hippo Campus, but Campus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And um, our slogan is where the hippo meets the gator. Love it. And um, essentially, students can now get food delivered straight to their dorm, faculty can get food delivered straight to their office room, they don't have to get up, they don't have to you know, waste time if they're crunching to turn in their paper or um, a, a teacher, you know, they're, the professor is preparing for class that day and they don't have time to get lunch. A student can now bring a lunch straight to a professor, you know, office room, potentially meet a really cool professor You know, and learn something about them. Students can network with other students, such as you know, finance major meeting somebody in the journalism school and get to know each other.
0: So this is happening as we speak.
1: This is happening in fall 2021.
0: Okay, so you're in the planning stage. Yes, we're
1: planning stages with Aramark, Um, that's the food vendor at University of Florida. We're gonna beta test it in fall, and hopefully we get good responses.
0: So is this like a replica? Like a replica app, or is it still going to be within?
1: It's within the same app, okay. but there's like a little um, hippo with a book bag icon, and you hit it, and that's Hippo Campus. Awesome. Yep. So,
0: you know, I think so many people like when I when I sit down with young entrepreneurs and you know, I'm talking talking to them about their their vision and their dreams. It's always like one of the biggest challenges is the execution, right? It's like the, the network the meeting how do you how do you get in front how did like how do you get in front of the right people in order to make a opportunity with UF Gator Dining possible All right so how like can you speak to that like what what were some of the actions that you took uh, to you know to get in, to the right place
1: oh you just got to network you just <laughs> yeah. got to keep networking keep meeting people. Never stop meeting people. Uh, I think that's the best thing I could have done for myself. Uh, The way I got in front of Aramark, surprisingly, was they were looking for a delivery solution, actually. There is Grubhub on campus, but they didn't want to do it. It was not something they were looking for. Um, Someone at the innovation hub actually mentioned Bitpo and said, Hey, there's a local app in town. It's called BitBo. They do delivery. Why don't you reach out to them? I was CC'd in this email and they were like, Great, let me talk to Victoria. And it was the director of operations of Airmark. And we set up a meeting. We talked. Six months later, we're well, here we are. Done. Yeah. Awesome. It was a lot of negotiation back and forth, though. Yeah, yeah.
0: In what regards? In terms of how the app would work, Uh, logistics,
1: charging. How how much am I going to charge them? Because it's going to be a new app. so many so much so many details back and forth and working with such a big company like our airmark which is like a fortune 500 company and mine which is like a little bippo on the side
0: (laughs) (laughs) a little bippo on the side Uh, I you're just a baby hippo
1: yeah it is just a little (laughs) tiny toddler now though
0: (laughs) baby hippos are really cute
1: they are have you seen
0: (laughs) i've seen baby hippos yeah actually yeah in real life
1: Really? I've only <laughs> yeah. seen I've only at like seen big ones at, at like a dull hippos. Oh, no, and big, big when I hippos. when I actually saw them, they were pooping everywhere. It wasn't very. <laughs> 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 but I still that love did them. not
0: make it into the logo. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: But yeah, that's that's essentially how it went about for for the for this this program that we're about to launch in fall. Okay, so are you still
0: like in a? Like I know you say beta, but like, is the are you profitable yet?
1: Yes, you are. We've been profitable as soon as we start charging in July last year.
0: Congratulations! Yes, that's awesome. Um, and how it, how do you make? You make money off the delivery fee. Like what will with this Gator Dining? When you're talking about like negotiating the fees and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm a professor and I want to use the app and have food brought to me, am I am I paying a fee for that? And that's how the revenue's generated.
1: Yes. So typically, how these um, like a food delivery company works is that you charge the consumer. So someone like you, if you want to order food or delivery, you pay a convenience charge or some companies call a service charge. And then on the other hand, there's the restaurants that you're bringing client, clients in, so you take a commission off of their, whatever they make. Either it be 10, 20, 30, 40%, whatever it is. Um, and that's how we take our cut now. Um, but the way I operate compared to my competitors, I wouldn't say Uber Eats and DoorDash and ByteScar are my competitors because I'm somewhat different than them, but my fees are about half of theirs actually a bit more than half, yeah. Okay. And it's 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 kind of my way of giving back to local businesses. A lot of these mom and pop restaurants in Gainesville, they can't afford 35, 40% of commission fees that they would have to pay to Bite Squad, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Um, mine are 15, they actually get cheaper as you become more loyal to us, so it's 15, 14, and then 13.
0: Yeah, how scalable is that though? Do you, do you feel like as you bring on, you start to grow, you bring in more people that you won't be able to keep it that, that low anymore? No, we're actually doing
1: just fine because the way we operate is that we're not in to take the mass market. We're not here to take every single restaurant in town. That's what all of our competitors wanna do. They wanna make money from every single restaurant, right? We're not, we're not here to do that. We're here to look for the best restaurants in each town. So in Gazinsville, we capped at about 25. We're like no more than 25 restaurants on Bippo. because what we want to be is that we want to be kind of the Yelp. You know, we want you to skip Yelp and re- don't read Yelp reviews. Go straight to Bippo and start ordering, because we've already done your homework. We mm. already went to the restaurants and tried all the apps. And what we really um, embody when we go to these restaurants and try the app is highest quality of food. Is the food really good, delicious, very exotic, different recipes? Um, highest service. Are the people there nice? Are they there to care about you, make sure that you your food is great, and you know make it to the way that you like it. And then cleanliness, obviously, now is more than important. It's very important to make sure your food is clean, the kitchen is clean, the environment is sanitary. And so those are our three check marks that you have to make to be on Bipo.
0: Do you see uh, an opportunity for the? like are, you're not charging the restaurants anything.
1: Yes we are now. Oh, you
0: are, mm-hmm. okay I was about to say it cause like it sounds like you kind of become like this exclusive.
1: It is, it's very exclusive now. Um, a lot of restaurants want to be on Bitbo, and we don't allow them um, because either we hear something about a restaurant, this they, they don't meet the standards, you know, um, a, a customer has complained about them saying that their service is bad, we're not gonna.
0: Endorse that. Yeah. Interesting this is cool
1: yeah it's It's a little different yeah it's been
0: cool to kind of see it uh change grow and change and transition and i'm like really excited to see to see where it goes so so two years in what's been the biggest challenge up to this point there's one thing you're like man this was like the biggest issue we dealt with or the biggest challenge
1: we dealt with biggest challenge Look at you over there. Thanks.
0: She's like, been a cakewalk. Everybody no. should do this. <laughs> Everybody become an entrepreneur. I mean, it's like, easy."
1: <laughs> besides my parents, let's okay. see. Yeah, uh, it's um, definitely a challenge. Yeah. It's
0: definitely mentally for sure.
1: I would say hiring the right people um, and keeping your team um, is very important. Retention. Your team? Right now, it's about nine people. Dang. Yeah. We're but you know it grows and it goes down and up all the time. Yeah. Um, I personally have struggled with just being a female founder. Um, Like when I hire male people that are older than me, they struggle to take in. Take orders from you? Yeah.
0: You're like, yo, this is my business. (laughs) Do you want to work here or not?
1: Well, I'm not that assertive. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I have struggled with that. Um, Just being able to tell them, hey, I need you to do this. I need it by a certain deadline. Can you make sure you get this done? And they're like, "I'm older than you, and I know more than you do. More life experience. You can't tell me what to do." Yeah. So I've struggled with that a little bit. Just I could
0: see that, and mm -hmm. I and like I can, you know, really. I'm sure it's uh, unfortunately a different uh, level you know being a female founder i can, like i can say i've dealt with it from the standpoint of hiring people who are older than me yeah. and and saying look dude like this is this is my business <laughs> i'm hiring you you know like do you want to help me grow this thing or not you know and yeah uh, but i'm sure it's a whole nother level as a female founder unfortunately yeah
1: and, and also just my young age I'm, a lot of people are surprised that i'm only 24 and made it this far um, so it's it's a little to them it's like oh well I'm I don't know let's just say 45 and they've just you know they're working under me so mm-hmm. for them it's a little like hurt to their ego or something and I never intend to hurt them that way but it's just a little bit of what I've been struggling with at least hiring people and keeping them on my team.
0: Yeah any uh, hiring tips anything that you do in your process of finding the right people that could help someone out there?
1: Mm. I would say if you have a feeling that you want to fire them, you just fire them. <laughs> uh, Gut instinct. I, I heard like fire fast, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, well, you know it's interesting
0: there's like a lot of people say hire slow, fire fast, mm. right like hire slow, take your time to find the right person uh, and then and then fire them quickly if you know they're the wrong the wrong bit you know get get them out of the organization quickly. I yeah. agree with that one hundred percent like i've I've had people that I held on to because I was like desperate for help. Um, and then they ended up costing me way more in terms of headaches and everything else. Like yeah. it was just a disaster. So I'm definitely on the fire fast train. Um,
1: I need to get more on that. Because yeah. I'm more like, I want to give this person opportunities. Because I, I never want to think like, oh this is all that a person can provide for me and this is that's all they can do. So I do like a lot of coaching. I try to mentor them to become better. So I, I really want them to grow. But then at certain one point you're like they don't want to grow.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's super super hard as an entrepreneur for sure because you have so much drive, mm-hmm. right? You have so much drive, you have so much purpose in your work. You're really trying to grow something, and then, and then you have somebody or you know you have somebody within your organization that isn't as driven, right? And like I've had people in my organization where I'm like, look, I want to help you get to here. This is what I'm willing to do. Uh, but they didn't want it enough, yeah. you know what I mean? And I had, to, I had to let them go. I had to get them out of the organization because they just didn't have that that drive to to succeed um, or to improve their own, it wasn't anything about our organization, it was about improving their life and mm-hmm. they didn't want to do it. So yeah. it's a hard place, especially yeah. when you have that, that drive because I know you got so much drive, yeah. you're like, What's, how many hours a day are you working, seriously?
1: Not enough. <laughs> it's really? true. I feel like I don't work enough. But how many are you working? Like if I really don't keep track. To be honest, I love what I do so much. I don't consider it work.
0: Are you an early riser?
1: No. No. Not so, at you all. At, so you sleep.
0: So are you a night owl? Do you stay up really late and work?
1: Yeah, well, three o'clock is that late? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know people who go to sleep way later, so. Like my
0: trainer wakes up. It's <laughs> funny, he's like, he's like, I woke up this morning at 3.30, and I'm like, well, I went to bed at 3.30. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so 3 a.m. is late. You have to stand up that late. Mm-hmm. Are you usually working that late?
1: Depends, depends on the day. Sometimes I am just, there's a lot of, you, know, you probably get this, just a lot of time spent sitting and thinking. Mm. So even if I'm not on the laptop typing stuff or sending emails, I sit a lot and brainstorm, like, how can I make my business better? What do I do about this employee? Or, you know, oh, what do I do about this and that? And you just keep thinking for hours and on, and it's like three o'clock before you know it. Yeah. But do you call that working?
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, so when you ask me, like, how many hours are you working, I don't really know. I don't think I work enough. That's
0: better though. than getting lost in like TikToks. Where I'm like, I'll sc- end up like scrolling through TikTok for an hour and I'm like, what the hell just <laughs> happened to this hour? Where did it go? Uh, so that's, yeah. that's much better doing, doing that idea of mm-hmm. brainstorming. Yeah. So You know what I started doing though that really uh, helps with a lot of that? we kind of talked about this in the last episode, is like, I'm, I'm a I'm an idea generator, mm-hmm. um, I have figured out, it's taken me 17 years to figure this out, y'all. Uh, I've figured out that I really need to have people around me that that execute, that I can say, yo, here's an idea, like, like, go do this idea, here's an idea, go do this idea, and like really have a great team around me that can go and execute. Because um, I just, I think my biggest problem as an entrepreneur, I said this in the very last episode, was, you know, I'll come up with all these ideas and I have a hard time picking which ones I'm actually going to pursue.
1: Wow, what's your best idea right now?
0: Oh man, I don't know if I should share it. (laughs) It's so good, I'm like, (laughs) I don't like.
1: All right, your second best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Maybe I'll start sharing it, maybe I'll just like, take pictures of my journal and start posting them or something. Be like, here, here's an idea, somebody run with it. But that's the thing that I started doing though, is really um, like pre-pandemic, Actually, I started prayer journaling pre-pandemic, but now I'm kind of mixing the two, and so like I'm prayer journaling and and I'm just journaling. Like anytime mm-hmm. I get an idea, I'm like I'm writing it down. I'm kind of exploring it out. You know, I read that book uh, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. I don't know if you've read this or I've seen heard it. of it. Yeah, yeah, like great book. And like when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly the kind of book I would write one day, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a memoir. It's kind of like you know, all of his ideas throughout his life and like his journaling put into a book. Is that your
1: next idea, a book? Uh,
0: (laughs) It's so hard because like I'm not really a writer. Like I don't consider myself a writer. Um, Like I would much rather be on stage. I would much rather be on the camera, be on the microphone and just talk. (laughs) But there is something about writing uh, that's very. I think it's. I think it's more reflective. Like you can go. I can go back a year and look at the podcast from a year ago and say, "Oh, like that's where we were and that's what we were talking about during that time." Yeah. But when you go back and you like look at the writing that you had a year ago, you know what I mean? The things that you were writing down and the ideas you were exploring or the issues you were dealing with. There's something very reflective in that, especially a year. Do you, you know, see how you later.
1: change as a person?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. big time. Yeah. So, so I'm making it a point to do it way more often. Um, and so I journal it's, a lot. I carry really a journal good. around, and I just like, I'm just like. And sometimes, sometimes I don't have my journal on me, so I literally email myself. Like I'll write out, I'll write out the entire, like, thought. And like I was driving the other day, I couldn't write anything down because I was driving. When I stopped driving. I literally pulled out my phone and I wrote everything that I was thinking about and then emailed it to myself. Nice. And then I printed it and put it in my journal. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be cool because like five years from now I'll look back at that time and I'll be like, man, like, that's a cool spot. Like look where, look where I was at five yeah. years ago. Look what I was thinking about, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, I'm, I'm really excited. It's gonna be an experiment. Maybe I'll publish it 10 years from now. I
1: when, look forward to when it. I'm,
0: when I'm old. And more gray. I was gonna say gray, but I'm already gray.
1: I don't see the gray. That's because
0: I wear a hat, y'all. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, this has been a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, the time went by like super quick. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. It just it goes by really, really quick. So, uh, I mean, tell our audience where they can connect with you, where they can download the app. I mean, it's got to be pretty easy, right? So it's
1: actually not a download app. Okay. You don't right, even so have to app. download it. Yeah. It's straight from the web. You just put in app.bippo.com, go straight to ordering the best food in town.
0: Can I ask you why you designed it that way?
1: Yes. So the Bippo is actually a progressive web app, which is short for PWA. Um, and um, the way that I envisioned Bippo is in the future of apps, you see that less and less people are downloading apps. I mean, how many apps do you download a month? None. No, yeah, so I didn't Very want it to run into the issue of having that kind of hurdle where somebody has to go to the app store. Oh, wait, I forgot my Apple ID. Oh, what's my password? I mean, just thinking about my mom, she has, <laughs> she has probably like five accounts with Apple Store because she keeps forgetting them. <laughs> then you run into the issue of storage space. Everybody's phone is all full these days. They've about 20,000 photos that they keep taking. And it's, it's a challenge when you wanna take up somebody's space on their phone. But with the PWA, a prog- progressive web app, you don't have to do that. You have more power and flexibility. Um, on a PWA than you have an app because an App Store you go through a very strict standards that the Apple store sets. Mm-hmm. With a PWA you can be very flexible, design it with the way you want. It's very scalable as well. It's just much more convenient and user friendly.
0: I I thought that was exactly what you were gonna say, which is why I'm glad I asked the question because I've noticed that trend a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean we even developed like a service app for our dealership where customers can kind of track the, you know, <laughs> I actually had the idea back in 2012 and it's just now becoming this like really great application where people can kind of track their scooter service through mm-hmm. from start to finish and have the ability to, to pay you know, wow. online. And that That's kind of, cool yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but we made it, w- the same thing like web based not download this app which back into that if we would have done it a long time ago we would have you know because it was like oh download our app download our app people are actually sick and tired of downloading apps which is such an interesting trend given that we live in this mobile first world i know
1: people used to think it's cool like oh i have an app but i'm like no well it's an app but it's not on the app store
0: like bookmark my website Mm. make it super easy you know
1: Yeah, you could just actually save it to your home page and it'll just look and operate just like an app too.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Well, congratulations on the success. Two years in, I'm super excited. This is gonna be one of those fun episodes to do a callback on, have you back in here in a few years and see where it's gone. It's gonna be super, super exciting. And of course, if I can do anything else to help along the way, Definitely, definitely reach out, but Thank I have a feeling you. you're gonna like surpass me very, very quickly. No. You're like, <laughs> you're on your way, you're no. going.
1: No, it's actually funny, the other day I was at the tennis court and I was playing tennis and I turned around to my friend, Mike, Michael. Um, he was playing tennis with me and I was saying, you know what, I, I feel really guilty being at the tennis court. I own a business, I need to go back and do my business. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm wasting away, <laughs> I'm wasting my time. I have so much potential, I need to like give back to the community and like just you helping out. Uh, when I first started, uh, I wanna really go back to the community and just share my experiences and help out other Student entrepreneurs like just like me when I started, I had no idea what to do. Then when you can't go to your parents for help, what do you do? You have to go to your friends. You have to go to your mentors. Um, a lot of my friends are my age. They don't have they don't have any idea how to start a business. Mm-hmm. And so going to someone like you who helped me in the beginning, just even talking to me, ask, answering some of my questions, that was like super helpful. Um, I could not have asked for a better community in Gainesville and people ask me why did you start a business in Gainesville, not San Francisco or not I don't know, New York or something, or Miami with a bigger bigger city, bigger opportunities. And I was like, No, it's Gainesville. Yeah. Because the community and the support you get here is nothing like other, other cities, you know. It's so they they like you're here to like guide me and take take me like one step at a time. And I think that's why I really really Feel like I have a connection with Gainesville.
0: Yeah, I mean it's incredible. I mean, you know, I always tell people back in 2004 we didn't have that, right? And Now, now to see that really uh, be very, very present, and now as you know, this generation is getting a little bit older. (laughs) You know, but like to have you know to have young founders like yourself who are going to be able to instill a lot of that. Uh, you know, into other founders and to be able to coach and mentor them. It's going to be huge. That's that's what's going to make Gainesville so incredibly great. Um, It already is. It's grown so much and I'm super excited to see what Gainesville looks like in the next five to 10 years. It's going to be incredible.
1: Oh yeah! And so the, the growth so far, five years—it's
0: nuts. Yeah. So well,
1: thanks so much for coming on
0: the show today. I wanted to say publicly, which I already did on uh, Start GMV episode with Lauren Asmus, I showed this because she she mentioned you. But Victoria went out of her way to make this awesome picture for me. You see this, James? So I've I, I've shown it before, but I love the the. Are you an are you a natural artist, or are you this is just a hobby, or what? <laughs>
1: It's nice that you call me an artist, but (laughs) I I I like to paint. I like to draw. I've been artistic since when I was younger. Okay. Uh, Since I was young, but uh, I I really enjoy it. And so I remember this was I did this. I think the day before I graduated. Yeah. Before I walked, I was like, I gotta do something for Colin.
0: This is so sweet.
1: And so I put up these things. I put up your logos. I actually went on your website. Mm 2019. Yeah. I drew up the logos first and then I painted them.
0: Well, that is a very, very nice gift. And I've kept it in my office this entire time. I love having it and it always reminds me of you. And I'm always like, I wonder what Victoria's doing. And then I get on social media. I see like some social media influencer too. She's crushing it, you guys. What's what's your social media handles? What are your what's your contact info so people can go and Vicky, follow you and connect with you and all that?
1: B-I-C-K-I-I-I-L-I-U. Vicky Lou.
0: B-I-C-K. V-I-C-K. L I, I U. Yes. And that's on Instagram? Yes. Are you doing the TikTok thing yet?
1: No, I refuse. I'm going <laughs> to be like, no, I don't want to get sucked into that world. <laughs> uh, well, all
0: right. Well, when you do, follow me. <laughs> uh, you can find me on TikTok at W-H-O-A-G-N-V. Um, thanks so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. And I look forward to seeing all of your success. And uh, you guys, thanks so much to the team that makes this possible. Yeah, James Leitner and Sarah Lentz here behind the scenes crushing it. Uh, podcast fam, if you were driving it and didn't have a chance to write down the information of the incredible sponsors that make this show possible, Go to WHOAGNV.com slash sponsors. We got links that go to all their websites and all their good stuff. Uh, these are the people that are making this show happen. I couldn't do it do it without them, so please support them. And special love this episode to our friends at the UF Mover Guys. If you or someone you know is about to move, tell them to give our friends, the UF Mover Guys, a call. They do commercial and residential moving. They do it all, you guys. They offer full service packing. They will move those bulky items. They will disassemble the furniture you need to move. If you need storage, they've got your back there as well. They offer free and fast, no obligation estimates. They require no money up front, which is one of the most incredible things I think of when it comes to a moving company. They require no money up front. They want to get you moved and make sure that you are 100% satisfied before they take a dime. give them a call at 352-415-0886. Again, that's 352-415-0886 or visit them at ufmoverguys.com. And when you call them, be sure to say, hey, Jordan, hey, Brad, I heard you on the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go.
1: Whoa.
0: Whoa. (laughs) We will see you later. Bye, y'all.